are now listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. Welcome back to another episode of the Dad Rules Podcast featuring your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. Kid, what it do? Nothing much, man. I'm just glad to be here. Me too, bro. Me too. So today's episode, we got another great episode for you guys lined up for today. And we're going to talk about is honesty the best policy? Honesty is the best policy. Kid, what do you think about that? Um, me personally, man, I think honesty is the best policy. Um, but when I think about honesty, I think about being accountable. Okay. And I feel I think about being transparent. Okay. And like not trying to hide things and just keeping things out in the open. I feel like that just leads to better relationships, if that makes sense to you. Okay. Um, I feel like so it you just mean like when it, you're honest, you have a better relationship. That's what you're saying? Yeah, and I feel like it makes it so much easier. It makes the relationships more natural. And first, I feel like as a dad, you have to be honest with your kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that that's two-sided. Like, I have to hold up a standard for my kids to be able to trust me. They have to be able to trust that dad loves me. He cares for me. He will do anything to keep me safe on that kind of, um, that kind of look at it. And then also your kids need to want to build their trust, you know, your trust in them. You know, I feel like that's part of it. Right. So I feel like you got to have trust with your kids and then you need to have trust and honesty and be honest with your significant other. And that's why I feel like accountability really comes into play because I just feel like in a relationship, and I know we often joke with our friends about, man, you whip, you checking in, you know, when you're out with the guys or whatever, man, you whip, you checking in and all that. But honestly, to be in a successful relationship, those are just things you have to do, man. And it's not that you do it because that's what your significant other, your wife or girlfriend requires of you. But to me, that was something that I give. I willingly give that information. If I'm going out to Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, it's March Madness going on now. I say, I'm going to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game with the guys, honey. Uh, We're going over there at eight. I'm going to be home around 11. I offer that to her. She's going to give, it's a whole lot easier. I don't have to worry about her texting and calling me where you at and all that stuff. I don't have to deal with that. Right. I told you up front where I was at. And if you needed to come by and check on me, which you don't have to, but if you did, I'm gonna be where I said I was at. Mm. And I feel like that that kind of trust, man, it just makes your relationship so much better, guys. Yeah. Because when you just initiate that accountability part where you offer that information, I don't have anything to hide. I'm an open book, you know? Yeah. And you start to realize that you start to be able to get more freedom in your relationship. And I feel like it makes a stronger relationship. Uh, The next thing I feel like is that we must be honest with ourselves. And okay, that's very layered when you start thinking about being honest with yourself. Am I the best dad I can be? 
Am I the best husband that I can be? You know, am I achieving the goals that I set out for myself, my yearly goals, my five-year goals? Am I, am I on course with that? You know, is my integrity in the right place? And I just feel like that when we self-evaluate ourselves, that's when we become better men. And that's when we become unstoppable. Okay. Yeah, but how you feel? Man, you know, so I like a lot of the things you just said, right? And so I think about, you know, honesty and it being the best policy because, you know, that that's, you know, we got taught those things. We've heard that that statement for, for a long time. And I like what you talked about with accountability. One of the things that I think about is in addition to accountability, there is a responsibility with being honest, okay? And what I mean by that is we teach our kids to be honest uh, and to always tell the truth as we should. Yeah. Because I've told my kids, and, and I know it got told to me when I was a child, so it's just one of those things that you know I'm giving back to my, ch my own children. Like, I don't care what it is that you've done or you think you've done, mm -hmm. but be honest with me. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell me a lie. I know your son, he's not old enough to lie yet, but you know, yeah. as your kids get older, you know, you'll see like they, they, they can learn how, oh, I can actually tell a lie in this situation, you know? Oh yeah. And so it's, it's just a thing to me to where, you have to teach them that there's a responsibility with being honest. And being honest also requires you to be, in some ways, you have, you, you can't just be, sometimes being brutally honest uh -huh. can backfire on you, especially for <laughs> a kid, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've thought of plenty of times and I've seen plenty of times where kids will be so brutally honest that it's it can embarrass you as an as the parent have you ever been in the grocery store and your child someone doesn't smell good oh my god and your child will say something like what's that smell and like you as an adult you know where the smell is coming from maybe person has bad hygiene that day or i don't know but that can be real, and you'd have to teach your kids, yes, it's, you have to be honest, that is true. But sometimes you have to think about, is it necessary to-, to be honest at that say, moment. <laughs> to be, yeah, to, to say the things that's on your mind all the time, right? Yeah. And so it's, and it, that, that's one of those things you have to teach your kids with, that, you know, there's a responsibility, I think, with, with honesty. Man, and you just thank can't God just blurt out, there yet. you just can't blurt out things just because they're the truth. You know, we need to tell the truth for sure. And as an adult, we all know that sometimes the, the truth hurts and you have to tell the truth and you know it's going to hurt someone and it's yeah. just, it's the truth. But as a kid, you have to teach them to be responsible with that truth, I think. That's that's the good way I kind of look at it. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely feel like we can't, I guess as adults and with our sons and daughters, we definitely can't have a fear of hurting their feelings so much because we have to tell them the truth. We have to tell them what's going to make them a better man or a better woman. 
because they're going out into this world and they got to be ready for it. And we have to be straight up honest with them. Um, I know I had experience with several experiences with my nephew um, with that man is like, you know, sometimes you want to give them advice and they don't want to really take it or they get upset or whatever. And it's like, I've just always been that person that, man, I love you so much that I'm going to tell you this and you can be mad all you want to. It's okay. Because I know at the end of the day, one day, you're going to remember me telling you this and you're going to say, man, thank God that my uncle was so honest with me. And that's the same strategy that I'm going to take with Jonah. And it kind of takes me back to a quote that I, um, I saw from Joe Madden. And it says, if I'm honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two. But if I lie to you, you'll hate me forever. Hmm. You know, so. I like that. That's why I said honesty is truly the best policy. And like I said, sometimes you're going to hurt people's feelings. It's just going to happen. But if you know that your kids are not living up to a standard that they should be, or you know they're not um, being the person that we know that they can be, or they're not living up to their potential, you have to be straight up honest with them so they can be better. But if you always tell them you're good and you don't need to do anything, they won't ever get better. let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What do you think about your children being honest with you about certain things? See, that's where it hurts at. Yeah. Cause like, so I, I've got, I, I'll share with you an example between my son and I. Yeah. This happened years ago. This happened years ago. And, but I remember it because it was like one of the first times that it hit me the way it did. Right. Yeah. So, I, I forgot the exact situation, but I remember we were at a restaurant mm-hmm. and it was one of those times where he's just being busy. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the types of things that motivate your kids and what doesn't motivate your kids. I know for my son, if I say something about a video game or something like that, Hey, if you do this, I'll get you this video or some video game or whatever It's his own, you know, I, uh-huh. I can see, the, the best of behavior, right? Oh, yeah. And so it was one of those times where we were at a restaurant and he was just busy, just busy, just busy. And then I said, hey, if you can, you know, just kind of make sure you behave the rest of the time we're at the restaurant, I got a surprise for you. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing the tricking right here. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to trick him into being, you know, on his best behavior the rest of the time we're at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we get ready to leave you know i'm telling him like okay you were good we're getting ready to now go and do the surprise right and yeah. for me i had chosen the surprise it was going to be i was going to take him to get some ice cream okay and so we were sitting there around the table <laughs> it was me my wife my daughter my son and we were sitting there around the table and, you know, he gets done eating. He eats all his food like he's supposed to and all that stuff. And I'm like, all right, you ready for the surprise? He was like, yeah, dad, what is it? What is it? You know, and he's, I know in his mind, and well, at the time, I didn't necessarily know. But I know now in his mind, he was thinking it was going to be 
you know, we're going to go to Target. We're going to go get him a video game or something yeah. like that. That's what he's thinking. He's thinking some huge surprise. And I tell him, I'm like, hey, we're going to now we're going to go as a family, go get some ice cream. And he just like looks at me with this like, like just just straight, you know, just deadpan look like I'm bored. <laughs> and he says uh-huh. that. And I was like, if this boy, what are you, you know, like you ungrateful. That's what's going to kind of go through my mind. But he was just being honest. Like that wasn't his idea of a surprise, you know. And so it's just those things like those are just funny things that have just happened, you know, you know, and my wife and I, we, you know, I, I think she's a little soft on him sometimes. And, you know, she accuses me of being too, too rough on him sometimes. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it's, it, I think it all kind of blends well together, but, you know, he and I, we've had plenty of conversations about different things. Right. And, you know, he said things to me before and said, you know, well, since then or whatever, and I tell him, hey, look, you know, I give him free reign. Like, look, as long as you say to me respectfully, I want you to be honest. Don't don't be disrespectful with the truth. Yeah. You know? But you can be respectful with the truth. And, and to me, that goes back to what I was saying as far as that responsibility. I'm, I'm just going to tell you like this. Because I heard your story. And I understand how you feel as a dad. But from dad to dad, you sold the brother a dream. <laughs> you sold him a dream, man. Like you painted it up real nice. I didn't say what the surprise was. I mean, I know, but still, a surprise. I mean, sometimes ice cream can be a, a nice surprise. We didn't have any at home that day, so I was oh, gonna man, take him to get, get ice cream. You know, you sold it, man. You you painted it up real nice. I did, and it was a big letdown. Yeah, I can't even be mad with him about that, man. You, yeah. you know, you okay. did that. I live and learn, so I learn not to hype up a surprise as whack as ice cream again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this, like, I feel like with with honesty and, and trust, I mean, that's the core part of a relationship. Absolutely. And what I can say is, guys, if you got that trust right now, don't do anything to jeopardize that trust because the path coming back to that is not a easy path at all. It's a whole lot easier to maintain the trust that you have and build on that than to sacrifice that trust or jeopardize that trust where you don't have it anymore and then you have to get it back. Um, you know, and we've talked before you familiar with the paper analogy, right? When it comes to yes. So for those of you that don't know, you take a piece of paper and you ball it up. That's being, that's the trust being broken. And then when you bring the piece of paper back out, it has all these wrinkles in it. It doesn't look like the paper, piece of paper from before. So with trust, once that trust is damaged, I guess my question is to you, does that trust ever get back to being the same? Once that trust is betrayed, once someone is betrayed in any way, does it get back the same? That's your question for me? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I feel like we need to talk about. I think yeah. it's something that a lot of viewers 
may be dealing with or have experience with that they can comment about. Right. I think, uh, I think most people would tell you that, uh, I think some people would tell you no. Mm -hmm. I think some people would say, you know, it just takes a long time to get that trust back. I like to be optimistic and, and like to think that, you know, if, if someone, uh, violates your trust mm -hmm. it may take a while for you to truly forget about it and it not true and when certain things happen again for it not to trigger but mm -hmm. i like to think that at some point after demonstrated behavior mm -hmm. you should be able to get that trust back at now depending on the situation depending on the person depending on several different factors that trust could be gained again in that particular area within a week it mm -hmm. could be years yeah, you know, depending on the situation and the person, it can it may never get back to the way it is. But yeah, I, I think that's I think that's that's how it is though, and that's why to me it's so important to be honest and to be responsible with the truth, mm -hmm. and to make sure that we're teaching our kids to do the same because they grow into adults who may violate someone's trust and be dishonest, and it. it that could damage a, a, a relationship that they have, you know, it yeah. could damage the relationship between father and son, mother and daughter, father and daughter, mother and son. It could, you know, when that, when that honesty is, is, is made into dishonesty, it, it can damage relationships. Yeah. Because I mean, from the own, you know, from, from me, I guess in my experiences, I just felt like that, that trust, um, it won't be quite the same again. I feel like that you can build it back up. And I've seen people that have had dishonesty and betrayal in their relationships. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, then things are um, back to where they used to be. Um, and it can be shorter than that. Like you said, you gave the different time frames for it. I just feel like that in order for that to happen, that behavior that was taking place when um, the dishonesty and the betrayal took place, that behavior has to be taken away completely and it can't show its face again in any kind of form in order so, so you can heal properly. Um, but everybody, you know, everybody's different. Everybody handles situations differently. And um, I just feel like it just depends on the person. And in a perfect world, I feel like I, I will be, I want everybody to be able to get things back. But I understand that it's not a perfect world all the time. Yeah. Hey, buddy. You want to tell everybody hey? Say hey. Hey. Okay. I'll see you <laughs> later. You going to show everybody your truck? Okay, everybody. This is the truck. What's up, Jonah? Yeah, it's your monster truck. <laughs> All right, we're gonna I'm gonna come up there and play with you later, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. I I just you know I, you want everybody to be forgiven. You want you want everything to be okay. Yeah. You want everything to work out right, but we know that it's not a perfect world that we live in, and unfortunately, sometimes when people lose that trust, they don't ever get it back again. But um, I think we, I think as people, 
we need to always leave room for forgiveness um, so people can come back and try and do the right thing. Right, right. I, I know that if I were to do something that violated someone's trust or their opinion of me and I asked for forgiveness, I, I would sincerely hope that they would. And so for me, I try to make sure that I extend that same forgiveness uh, to someone else. Yeah. You, you have to, yeah. you have to. We, we mess up all the time and, and we ask for forgiveness from, from God and he forgives us. So I need to extend that same forgiveness to other people. Yeah, especially people of faith. Especially Absolutely. people of faith, we need to exercise um, our abilities to get forgiveness and, you know, and really mean it. Yeah. You know, you know one of the things too, I, uh, <laughs> uh, there's so much lie, there's so many lies <clears throat> that's out there right and i just think that sometimes uh we we tend to as a society um promote the lies and you know we bash the truth so many times yeah. right and i think that it's uh it's so you even think about we condition people to lie in a lot of situations which is sad you know um you know, you think about the game, two truths and a lie. You ever heard of that game? You ever seen that game? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people use that game as like an icebreaker and things like that. But yeah, I know, yeah. I know it's supposed to be for fun. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying you know you can't have fun. That's not what I'm saying. But the what no I'm saying fun, is, please. Nah, nah, that's not it. But I'm just saying it. It is core. That game is teaching you how to lie. You think about it. It is. You're though. supposed yeah, to tell. Is. You're supposed to tell something so good three things and you're supposed to make all three of them sound like the truth you are you are it, don't get me wrong it's fun to play the game but you know we're it's teaching kids a lie you know at the end of the day and Absolutely i just think that's right. pretty funny teaching them how so to funny. lie yes but teaching them how to lie good is the objective of the game so yeah, yeah. so can't argue. yeah it's it's so funny that you know that that's how it is but you know we 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 have to make sure that we're we're still teaching our kids. Hey, be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Be honest. That all you have on that? Yes. Okay. Cool. Let's go to our next segment of the podcast. My favorite segment of the podcast. It is the Ask the Dads portion of the podcast. Yeah. And Mario E, I have another question for you. And today's question is, as a father, what was the scariest moment being a dad, what was the scariest moment you've had as your time as a dad? The scariest moment? Yes. This is going to be fun. I can't wait to hear what the people are going to say. Yeah. So I, I think for me, uh, it was... 
I'd have to say for, for me, the scariest moment was when my son was born. Hold on, man. I, I was there. It, it didn't seem like it was nothing scary to me. Okay, so you weren't there when, you know, so I, let me let me kind of back up a second, right? So right. I remember it. It was on a Tuesday. So my wife, uh, she was she had a due date and the due date passed and the doctor basically said hey since you know uh you don't have a due you know the baby hasn't come yet if the baby hasn't come by tuesday you all come down and six o'clock in the morning whatever time it was that particular day and we're gonna you know what they call it, induce her or whatever and yeah. do, you know all That's that stuff. It. yeah so we went on that Tuesday and uh, that Tuesday morning we got there and they did all the stuff they needed to do. And so we were just kind of sitting there waiting for things to happen, waiting for it to just naturally occur. And then probably I'd say that went on for a couple of hours, you know, come in and find out if you dilated to the right amount or whatever and all this stuff. And it just, it just wouldn't happen. And then next thing, you know, um, uh, maybe around one o'clock or so in the afternoon, uh, the doctor comes in and he's noticed that the heart rate was doing some funny stuff on the screen. Okay. And so he's like, he comes in and he's noticing that he's like, we gotta take this baby right now, cause it's. Oh, and so, like, my eyes get big, and I'm looking at my Asia, and it was like they're starting to rip all this stuff off of her, and they're rushing her to like some back room to do like the C-section, and like I don't know what's going on, you know. We we had our daughter or whatever and stuff, but um. So. This is my first time experiencing all this, cause my daughter's, you know, technically my stepdaughter, but I call her my daughter been in her life since she was one years old but okay yeah. so we're we're you know I'm, I'm back there and I'm I'm like what is going on you know my wife is nervous and I'm nervous because you know it's it's just a, a it became like super heightened super stressful at that moment and I'm just sitting there like oh, I'm praying that everything is gonna be okay right oh, right and so uh you know they they do what they need to do and you know they they take him or whatever uh, and I just remember like looking over at my wife after he comes out, after they pull him out or whatever and stuff. And I just, the first thing I thought about was, geez, that boy's ears are big. That's the first thing I thought about. <laughs> and then after that, I just looked at my wife. I was like, I don't want to do this again. You wow. I was just like, I mean, because it was just a traumatic experience for, for me. Yeah. You know, you see all these TV shows and stuff and you're like, everybody's just, you know, especially when you see things like these water births and all this. Yeah. And it just was not that experience for us. Yeah. Back there in the back of the room. It was just like, man, what is going on? And then I remember, uh, you know, they, they do all these tests on the baby when they first come out. And uh, the the nurse said that she, now this is like, mind you, like a couple hours later after just having him, that she was doing like his hearing tests and his mm -hmm. hearing check or whatever. 
And she said that um, she noticed that he was not responding to the tones or whatever and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, wow, what's going on? They, you know, it's just- this going on. Yeah, and so um, she came in and said that. And then what she told us was she said, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna retest him because my daughter did the same thing and I had to put my daughter on the side to notice. And, and so he came, she came back and was like, yeah, I did that. And yeah, he, he responded to the, to the hearing test. Yeah, and it was just like one thing I did, it was just like, you know, uh, <laughs> I just thought about something like, but I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, th that that to me was probably the, the scariest moment, big as, as, especially being like, you know, new new father of a, of a, of a, of a brand new baby boy. And it was just, wow, I was just, I was blown away. Yeah. It, it was very, I was very nervous at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Why does it always have to be the births? I don't know. That's, that's, don't know. that's what I'm thinking right now. So um, I remember mine vividly. Uh, we were, like we had just purchased um, our house. We pur just purchased a home. And we were actually having, we were having our house warming. And uh, everybody came over. It was really nice. It was Mother's Day weekend. And Jonah wasn't born yet. Um, I think Shanika was about seven months pregnant. And we everything was just great. We had a good day. It was a really busy day. So we laid down. And for some reason, Shanika um, couldn't really sleep that well that night. And um, so she just, I guess, decided to just get up and go sit on the couch whatever and um it hit, became like that monday i think this was like early that monday morning and i was going to work that that morning and i got up and shanika's like sitting up in the chair and she's like i'm like honey what are you doing like why are you up um so early and you know why are you not in the bed she was like, she said, I just feel uncomfortable, whatever. So I just decided to sit out here and I said, okay. So she said, well, we have the doctor's appointment today. So I'll go to the doctor's appointment and we'll, you know, figure out what's going on then. So I'm just thinking like, this is nothing big. I was like, well, I'm gonna go to work. And then she's like, okay, that's fine. She said, just, I'll see you at the doctor's appointment. So I had to leave work a little early to go to the doctor's appointment. I was gonna go to the doctor's appointment. I was gonna come back to work. Went ahead and went to work, got to work, went to the doctors. And we told the doctor, we said, um, you know, she's been experiencing a lot of pain, um, a lot of discomfort, uh, what's going on? And he was looking and they hooked her up. You know how they do all the tests and everything. And he said, um, well, we, we kind of know why she's having all this pain. Um, she's having contractions. What? At seven so, months. Yes. She was having contractions at seven months and she was like just going through it like a soldier. And I'm saying, thank God that she didn't just have the baby in the house. <laughs> you know? 
So we went there and he was like, we got to take her to the hospital right now. So I went back to work, got all my stuff together. And then they were like, um, we need this hospital right here doesn't have a NICU. We need to get you to a hospital that has a NICU. What's so that? Like, um, it's where they take premature babies. Okay. And uh, the hospital we were at, they didn't have the facility, uh, the equipment and everything to take a child that was being born early. So they're like, this baby is coming and we're going to try and stop this baby from coming so you guys can get to the other hospital. It was like that. Mm. So me, first time dad, I am nervous. I am a wreck. I'm a wreck. When I hear this, I just put my head down and I couldn't hold back the tears, man. I was like, oh my gosh, my baby is in trouble. My wife is in trouble. I was so upset. So we ended up going to the other hospital. We got there. And when we get there, everything was just so nice. People were so nice. And the hospital that we were at before, they stopped the baby from coming. They did everything that they were supposed to do. I was really happy with how they handled everything. They made us feel good about everything too. Um, but when we got to the new hospital, they said, here, we have everything we need to take care of the child once the child is born. Um, but we're not going to stop the baby from coming. If he or she, because we didn't even know what the sex of the baby was. Okay. We had decided we didn't want to know. So they said, if he or she wants to come, they're going to come. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So we got there like on, I think she might've had that stuff going on that Monday. And then we ended up really like going up there. I think they got everything to calm down. And then that Wednesday, I think she started having some more issues or whatever. And then that's when they took us to the other hospital. When we got there, we got there that Wednesday and she was having off and on contractions from Wednesday to Sunday. Wow. So that went on for a week. Yes, bro. Yes. And he ended up coming on that Sunday. He ended up being delivered on that Sunday. Uh, premature. Um, he was still, he was still like almost four pounds, I think. Or oh, right around four pounds or so. So I, mean, <laughs> I think he was like three pounds, 14 ounces at seven months. So he was wow. a pretty big boy. Um, yeah. But man, you talk about somebody was like so nervous. I remember being in there and like I said, the doctor said something just like they said to you all. Uh, she was like, uh, the heart rate is dropping. We need to get this baby out of here. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my goodness. And we had this room and had a TV in there. And can you believe what movie was playing during Jonah's birth? Nah, what? Superman one, the one that was probably, they made that one back in the nineties. And then when, you know, when they came back and made the new one, uh huh, this was that Superman. So they played Superman back to back. Okay. He was actually born during those movies. <laughs> like it, was, <laughs> it was so cool, man. I was like, oh man. So like, that's when I started calling Superman Jonah. And so, we got there and we pretty much, they were like, he's not ready to go home because he didn't weigh enough. There wasn't a whole lot of other stuff going on, but we had to stay up there for six weeks. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember you know, that. Um, he was able to come home, but man, thank God everything 
was pretty smooth up there. I mean, you got you go through a lot of stress even in those six weeks because you just ready to take your baby home. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was probably my most most nervous moment or my um the time that I was scared as a dad. Now I got an honorable mention. Okay. Hey, but first, okay, first. Let's clap it up to our wise man for just being troopers, man. Through oh, yeah. all this situation. Oh, yeah. man, let's clap it up for them, man. Because I, yeah. I mean, I tell you, man, you know, like I, I didn't know all the details of what you were just saying as far as with, with you and Shanika. And it sounds like you didn't know all the details that I, I shared with you. Yeah. With, uh, Israel being born. But yeah, man, it's just, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very uh, uh, stressful. Yeah, say, it was. Because you don't know what is about to go on. You don't know what is about to happen. And then when these doctors come in there and they're snatching everything off and, you know, <laughs> they making a big deal out of it, man, I was, I was, I was shook, man. It was just, yeah, it was yeah. wild. Yeah. But, but the, what else you got? The honorable mention was, um, he was probably, I would say maybe one one and a half or something like that, maybe. And um, he, we've always had him sleep in his bed, you know, from early. Early on, we had him sleeping in his bed, you know. So he's used to being in his room, but every now and then, he tries to creep in our room, right? Mm -hmm. So this was just one of those nights that he crept in our room. And I don't know, we might've brought him in there or something. And Jonah's a wild sleeper, man. Like, you can't sleep with him, you know? Yeah. It's like, he just wants to put his feet on you, wants to kick you out the bed, kinda. And if you go in there and you see him in his bed, man, he's all over the place, you know? But it's his bed, let him sleep how he sleeps, you know? Right. But when he's in my bed, it's a different story. Yeah, I need you to get sleep my rest, how you sleep. Right? So <laughs> he's kicking me all on my side. And I'm like, man, this enough is enough, man. Like, I'm going in the other room, you know? And I went into our guest bedroom and I slept in there. Why the next few minutes I hear this big dump? Ooh. In the other room. Yeah. Yeah. He rolled over, thought I was there and I wasn't there. Oh, man. He got up, he was crying, and he had a, like he had like a little mark on his head or something like that, and I was like. And at that point, you just like, man, I wanna make sure my baby is okay. Right. So it's like three, three o'clock in the morning, and I was like, honey, what we gonna do? And we both came to the conclusion that we need to take him to the hospital and make sure he's all right. So we took him to the emergency room, they, in the middle of the night, man. <laughs> Took him to the emergency room. They got the x-rays on him and everything, and he was all right. But, man, that was a stressful day, too, man. Yeah. Gotta love it, though. Everything yeah. turned out good. Oh, yeah. I think at some point, most kids have fallen out of the bed at some point. <laughs> I know. I told one of my other friends that, and he was like, he said, yeah. He said, I was changing my baby one day and then he rolled over real quick and he was in the floor. Yeah. Like, he's all right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah. So we want to know what you other dads have in 
I mean, you want to bring the moms in on this too? If they have any scary moments that they had, we can do yeah. that. Yeah, we want to yeah, hear, hear from you. We want to hear from you. So get in the comments, uh, like, share, comment, and um, that's it. Mario E and Kid signing off. Thank you for listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E and Kid. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, and Player FM. Till next time.